Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day workshop for men seeking to overcome any destructive sexual habits. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery with decades of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next workshop coming up September 30th through October 2nd in Pennsylvania. So call us today at 1-800-497-8748 or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Your hosts for Pure Sex Radio are Jonathan Doherty and Stephen Cervantes. Jonathan is the director of Be Broken Ministries and founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop for Men. Stephen is the founder of the Hope Counseling Center. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. And now, please welcome Jonathan and Stephen on Pure Sex Radio. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm here with the undeniable, amazing, super Stephen. So, how are you today? I'm feeling special or what? I'm feeling loved. You know, and I hope you listeners feel it too. I hope that you just receive a blessing today from our program and know that we deeply appreciate the sacrifice of time you make Mm -hmm. just to listen to our little programs. It's exciting. We get good feedback from people going, keep going, keep going. We're enjoying it. Yeah, we are grateful for you, our listeners. And before we get started, we want to share with you, this is going to tie in a little bit with what we're going to be talking about today, is just sharing with you about our three-day workshop for men. These are This is for men who are wanting to deal with any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold and just saying, listen, I, I don't want to live with this in my life anymore. I want to learn how to break free. I want to I want to get to a deeper level of walking in integrity. And it's our Gateway to Freedom workshop. We do these throughout the year in different parts of the country. And to learn more about the Gateway to Freedom workshop, visit gatewaymen.com or you can call us toll free at 1-800-49-PURITY. Also, we'd love for you to visit us on Twitter at Pure Sex Radio. That's where you can get all of the updates on the radio program and some of our uh, preview videos for each of the programs that we put out. And also, it's a great place for you to be able to share with us your show suggestions. If you've got certain topics you'd like for us to consider covering or just have some questions for us, just go to Twitter at Pure Sex Radio. So, Stephen, uh, we always get some great 
feedback from the guys at the workshop. And I always love doing these shows because I really do think this is helpful on two fronts. One, I think it just helps guys that are out there that are wanting to continue to grow in their own uh, pursuit of purity and integrity. But also, I think over the years, we've seen it bless the guys that are alumni of the workshop because they know that it's their voice that is being, you know, expanded on this radio program because of what they have shared and been willing to allow us to share with our radio listeners. So if you're a gateway man, you know it, you've been the gateway and you will appreciate the fact that gateway men are sharing with gateway men right now. And these are the comments. I love this one. When we go to these workshops, I'm always asking God to show me something, teach me something, give me an angle. Let me see something fresh I haven't seen before. And wow, did I get a good one this time. You know, it, something has not made sense to me. But Lee uh, Preston, a friend of ours, is good about saying, you know, you have to be honest about your parents and, and that they were imperfect. Mm-hmm. Because either you're going to blame yourself, as you're going to say, I really had good parents, but I'm the screw up. Are you going to say, hey, my childhood was difficult, and so I I filled in the gaps with stuff, which is the health way to look at it. But it's so interesting because I give the speech about trying to talk honestly about your parents, okay, and and really explain to me how you saw your mom, how you saw your dad. And so you hear this, three and four guys in every group of six or seven will say, well, I had really good parents. Uh, We were raised in a Christian home. We were at church all the time. And it sounds like, wow, this is perfect. And then they go on to say, uh, but my childhood was very painful. Um, you know, mom, hit, dad hit mom. Or dad drank a lot or dad was never home. And I was in my alone, myself alone in my room. And how do you put those two pieces together? Right, I had this right. wonderful Christian home. It was just great. It was wonderful. And it's like, oh, my goodness, they've split emotions from spiritual well, it's almost like in some ways there's they've learned the press release yes, for how to talk good. about their their family. It's like, well, here's here's how we would put it in the newspaper. You know? Yes. I can't, my God, good parents came from good Christian. They've they've learned some pitch lines on how to tell other people about their family on sort of the public facing side, but then when you dig behind that, it oh gets my pretty goodness. pretty broken. Well, and did you hear what I said too? Because I think what you're saying is right, but what I said, they've split the spiritual dialogue from the emotional dialogue. Yeah. So spiritually we were at church and everybody loved my dad and and he was respected in the church and people said wonderful things about him. But then when we go home and close the door well, we live very different, mm-hmm. you know? And so, look, we honor our parents. We never talk on this program right, to yeah. embarrass or shame or blame. But if we don't get the story right in our childhood, then we can't rescript it well, right? And so it, it just blew me away how many guys said, well, I went to a Christian school and I was raised in a Christian home and my parents were very Christian. And then I go home, and Dad would scream at Mother and make her cry. Mm-hmm. And I hated him screaming at Mother. I hated hearing my mother cry. You know, that's the second part of the dialogue after they start really going into it. Right. My dad worked all the time. He was never home. And so what happens to a little boy when Dad's not there, the leader's not there, the trainer's not there? He just makes up stuff himself. 
He tries to cope the best he can as a little boy when his dad's not there to teach him to be a little boy. Mothers can, females can train females, but males train males. That's how it goes, you know? What are you thinking? Well, and as I think about this, I think this is where, you know, this is one of the other reasons why I think, especially the so many Christian men that maybe come to our workshop, they have this real difficulty in in reconciling this this sort of spiritual paradigm with their emotional paradigm. And so they've got all these great spiritual thoughts. They've got all these great spiritual platitudes, great theology. And then they're just an emotional mess. And it's because, well, that's kind of the system they were raised in, Mm -hmm. is they were raised in this. Yes, they were raised in a Christian home. And I'm using air quotes for our listeners who can't see me. And so they had this dialogue on a spiritual level that might have been totally accurate and fine, but there was such emotional brokenness kind of at the bedrock level of, of how they're trying to relate or really not relate to one another that it creates, at best, tremendous confusion in a little kid that's trying to understand. Now, let's see. I see, I see the spiritual sort of side of how my parents are living and then... I see the emotional side. Of course, this isn't the language a kid is using, but this is how he's trying to process it. And those don't look the same. Right. So what do I do? (laughs) Yes, and I think what happens is we find in in the men that come to our our seminar that the childhood was very painful. Mm -hmm. It was very difficult. There was a lot of confusion, uncertainty, and and boys are coping the best they can. And then in the middle of this, they discover sexuality. And even that, it's an interesting question. How was your sexuality awoken? Right? Because some will say, my older cousin came over and used me sexually. Mm-hmm. That's how I, it was awoken. Or I went to my friend's house and he was watching movie, his dad's porn movies and found their magazines and so I'm eight and I'm looking at porn movies and magazines and that's how my sexuality was awoken. It's just really interesting how few males just sort of get through the journey and have really sane, um, innocent, whatever it's supposed to be, sexuality. Right. Most of us have some trauma imposed. And I say a lot of times, if porn, if you find porn, that's somebody else dumping that in your life. You didn't make the porn. You were out exploring the world, uh, growing up, and all of a sudden, somebody's uh, damaged sexuality turned into porn is now dumped into your life. And now your sexuality wakes up, and it's like you're not ready for it. You're too immature, but it's powerful and strong. And if if home is difficult, if life is confusing, and look, whose life is not confusing? Right, exactly. And how do little boys figure out life? And, you know, we could be talking about girls too, but we're guys talking about guys. And so thank you, ladies, for listening and learning. And and we'll let the females talk about being female experts on female Mm -hmm. things. But we're just talking about little boys that— that, you know, their sexuality wakes up, their home is very stressful, they're trying to cope the best they can, there's a lot of confusion, and they get caught up in this journey that's very powerful sexuality. Yeah, and so when a lot of times then when the guys come, we've talked about this in previous broadcasts, is then they come and you ask them the question, and, and, and what do they say? 
No, what's the question you're thinking? Any question. <laughs> and they say, I don't know. <laughs> and and what I'm what I'm trying to point out here is that when you have these very separate spiritual and emotional presentations in your home, that's I think where the confusion and then the lostness comes in this mm. little boy. He gravitates towards his sexuality because it brings some kind of comfort. It brings some kind of relief to this, you know, dichotomy of experiences here, spiritually and emotionally, that then he's adding a whole other ingredient there with his sexuality. So he's got this physical confusion connected with this emotional and spiritual confusion and comes to a gateway and you start asking him any question and he's going to be like... I don't know. I don't know. So that's where I think a lot of the lostness can come in these in these little boys is nobody is is modeling for him an integrated life, meaning an integration between his spiritual, emotional, and physical being, because that's not the experience he had growing up. And I, I believe firmly with all of my being, we were designed by God to live integrated lives. That's what I believe integrity is all about. Mm. We are meant to not have these fissures between our spiritual, emotional, and physical beings. I believe we are to be whole, integrated in all of those aspects. And so that's, I think, where these guys are coming from when they say, I had great parents, I had a Christian home, and then here comes this painful emotional story tied to his sexuality. That's interesting because a lot of times we have some a couple of basic presentations. Guys come in lost or they come in angry and they go, why am I so angry? I don't get it. I'm always angry. Anger comes out of me. Well, everything connects back to the past, yeah. right? And, and were you pursued? Were you known? Were you loved? Were you trained? Were you engaged? Isn't it, I have to just say this kind of as a little sidebar, isn't it interesting that when you start trying to tap into the anger and connect it to... Uh, a guy's history or his childhood, that there will be some guys that will actually get explosively angry about that. <laughs> they don't want to go into the... And it's like, well, you're kind of demonstrating right now that there's a connection between your anger and your childhood. But And most of them are exhausted from their own anger. Sure, they yeah. don't understand themselves. So the other thing that occurred when I was watching... We invite guys to tell their stories, and some guys will just break down and start crying. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, what's so scary about your past? You're a grown man. Let's pick an age. You're 45 years old, and you're going to go tell a story of when you're six, seven, eight years old, and you're weeping. What's so scary, you know, to go back and remember? But some people are so disconnected and they haven't reviewed their life in a long time, and they forget you're not going to be that boy at 45. You're going to be a 45-year-old going back to tell the story, but they're so scared they're going to be seven and feel the thing, the pain they felt at seven, and they've avoided all their life, and lots of emotions are caked and, and, and you know trapped there. And so even though they cry, when they tell their story, they go, oh, I feel so much better. Right, yeah. You know, it's funny how that works. They will fight you. They will cry out of fear. But when they go back and tell the story and they look at it now, because remember, when you go back and tell a story, as an adult, you take all your adult tools with you. Mm -hmm. You didn't have when you were seven, eight, or nine. And so you go back to tell the story so you can see it from an adult standpoint, add new information to it, 
You talk about it different, vent out any pain. Because I tell you what, these guys have a lot of childhood pain in them that they haven't gone back to deal with. And the reason I think that it's so cathartic for a lot of these guys when they tell their story and then there's kind of that release of emotion is probably because they have never, many men that come to these workshops have never actually been in an environment that they felt safe enough to do so. Wow, that's right. And that's that's probably, a, I mean, we could maybe say that's somewhat of an indictment on the church, that we have not created safe enough places within our local churches for men to be able to open up to those places in their past where there's confusion and hurt and, and uh, you know, sexual struggles and all of that. I was going to say thank you for reminding me that what we do is create safe places for men to come and talk. And there aren't many places for that to happen. Unfortunately, yeah. And people get nervous when guys start talking. They don't know what to say. It's like, we just let them talk. Mm -hmm. And by the time they're done, they go, thank you so much. You know, I I really haven't been in a place where it was okay for me just to really tell you my story and be real. And And that's why they're afraid is because anytime they've thought about what would it be like if I shared all of this brokenness? They're only thinking in the context of where they live, and all of those what-ifs in their mind lead to very scary negative places, so it just keeps them trapped in silence and secrecy. and, and Well, and they probably have said something, and, and, and we have well. wives right. that say, you pervert, you, you're just a sicko, and I mean, a little stuff comes out and people slam you. It's like, I'm not bringing anything else out. Exactly. But when you have a safe place where men and you tell the story and go, yeah, yeah, oh, that happened to you, that happened to me or or him or somebody in the group it happened to too. You know, it's like there's always somebody in the group that goes, yeah, me too. Yeah, mm-hmm. you too. And so what these guys say is I'm not alone. I thought I was the only one. And then, because I'm the only one, I thought I was defective. Mm-hmm. There had to be something wrong with me. And, you know, the thing I hear in this is is kind of the underlying thing is I have just told what I've told to no one, and you didn't reject me. Yes. And so the idea of I'm not alone here because you're still here, and you know what, I must not be defective because you've embraced me. I'm not rejected. That's the. I think that is the underlying fear, and I think that is the, the tool of shame, mm. is to get you to think mm-hmm. that you not only are going to be rejected, but that you should be rejected. And, oh. and so this idea of being in a safe enough environment where, okay, I just told my story, and you guys didn't run away. You didn't run out of the room. There is something so healing about that. Just being able to be yes. part of that group. One of the guys said, well, as I'm talking and exploring this, it's really helping me. Because it's like, where do you talk something through? Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of people go, hey, whoa. well, just don't do it anymore. Right. Uh, don't say that. Or uh, I don't know what to tell you. But it's like, you just let a guy talk and he goes, well, I thought that. Now that I say it, I don't really believe it. But So I'm glad I said it so I can go to the next thing, you know? There's just something very powerful when men get together. This is going to sound odd, but when men get together and talk about how difficult male sexuality is, Mm -hmm. there's something very powerful and healing that happens in that. So my next point is, I hate to say this, 
Everybody wants a magic key that will fix everything. Wives want to know, just tell me what's wrong so we can fix it. Give me that one key. I'm going to send him to the, the workshop, the best workshop in the country. I'm sort of bragging here. <laughs> but the best workshop, and they're going to give you the magic key, and you're going to come home and tell me what it is, and we're going to use that key, and we're going to turn the whole system, and you're never going to do this again. And so this is when all of the podcasts get turned off because this is when we say there's no there's no magic key, right? There's no magic key. Yeah. There's only learning ourselves and our process. Learn you only have to learn I say this, you only have to learn one system, but if you're married you have to learn two. But really you only have to learn your own system. And most guys don't understand themselves. But if you could learn your system and master it and then study your wife's system People are very repetitive and predictable. The things we need deeply are, are pretty common sense. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, I mean, you know, I think we're, you know, tongue in cheek, the idea of no, mag no magic key and all of that. The That's not a, uh, I don't find that to be a discouraging statement. I don't, I actually, one of the things that we have found doing these workshops and dealing with so many men is that, listen, guys just want you to shoot straight with them. It doesn't do, you know, and that's one of the things that I think guys appreciate about this environment is we're going to be, we're going to be brutally honest, not in a brutal way, but we're going to be brutally honest. We're just going to tell the truth. And one of the things that we want to tell guys is there's not a magic key, but you can be free. Mm. And, and so while it may not be something that you snap your fingers or you flip a switch and all of a sudden everything changes in an, in a blink of an eye. Right. The fact of the matter is you can get on a pathway. You can get into a process. You can get into a frame of mind where you can move toward freedom. And and I would even submit to you, I've been on this journey for 17 years myself from when I first had my kind of wake-up moment. I'm still in process 17 years later. I'm at a very, very different place on the journey, on the pathway <laughs> But make no mistake, I'm still on a growth journey. I'm still mm. in a posture of learning and needing to grow. And so I, don't, I didn't take a magic pill, but I'm, I'm also not bound by pornography or sexual addiction anymore. And so I just want our listeners to hear that. that that's good. That no magic key, that's okay. But you, there is a solution. You can still be free. Yeah, that's good. So I learned that where there was much father confusion growing up, there is much son and his life filled with confusion. Where there's much father confusion, the son and his life have much confusion. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense, what I'm that saying? That makes perfect sense. Basically, the because how, how does a son learn about life but by watching and experiencing his father? So if if the dad is just full of confusion, if the, if the dad is the I don't know guy and just right. kind of living in his brokenness, or distancing, he's there but he's not there talking to yeah. me, you know. Then it only makes sense that what the son is absorbing and learning and and seeing is going to be also confused. That's right. Not trained, not taught. I, I've often thought. <laughs> uh, I wonder why my father never talked to me about what he knew. Okay, I, I wouldn't hold my dad to something he didn't know. But do you ever wonder that? Why didn't your father talk to you about what he knew? 
son, this is what I've tried. This is what doesn't work. Let me just mm-hmm. tell you about my life. That's it. I can't tell you all the answers to all the questions. But I've often wondered why dads don't tell their son what they learned. Yeah. And then I can build on what my father told me, and I can build more on top of that. Maybe I can build on my uncle or my grandfather. You know, if men are telling me what they've learned and pouring into me, they help me. Mm-hmm. But when dads don't talk to their sons, it's like, ooh, this is confusing. Did I do something wrong? Uh, are you embarrassed? You don't want to tell me? You don't think I'm ready? I mean, it's just confusion. Silence is confusion. Mm-hmm. Right, the other person does not know why are you silent. What are you thinking? Well, and I think that's you know that's why this gets passed on again and again. I mean, it may not you know the dad may not necessarily have you know sexually compulsive behavior issues, but he's setting the paradigm though of this kid having to be isolated and disconnected and figured out on his own, which sets it sets him up for all kinds of addictive possibilities and one of those can be sexually addictive behavior so it makes total sense that that's what happens is and it, when there is that silence you're right it creates confusion um i personally think that this goes all the way back to the garden when adam was sitting silently and passive when eve was being tempted well i believe that's kind of the original sin that the man committed was passivity and so therefore you think about it that's just being passed on a dad's being passive with his son. He's not mm. He's not sharing his life with him. So what's going to happen? Confused boy grows up. He discovers sexuality. He gets in over his head. He becomes a man. He gets married. He has kids. And his son is coming along, and he goes, I didn't have any modeling for doing this, so I'm going to remain passive. I'm going to remain quiet. Guess what? Son number two. You know, so it's just it's a generational thing. passed yeah. on. That's interesting. So the other observation is that Whatever you did as a boy to cope and survive and explore sexuality, it sort of is part of what weighs you down as an adult. Your old story, what looked like a solution, what looked like, and sometimes boys will say, you know what we did to each other sexually, my brother and I, my cousin and I, and it's like, that's that's affected me all my life. We were doing mm-hmm. some sexual exploration and, you know, or... Or, or a cousin did this to me, or an uncle, or something, and it's like, it shaped all. It shaped all of me for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. and it's just, it's sort of sad. The things we did that now some things were imposed on us. I get that, and we did not do those things. But, but the things that we did are the very burdens that we carry because mm-hmm. what looked like power and solution and escaping and coping and being strong and having fun now becomes the very sadness of, of you know, Well, I think about how the, how the word uh, talks a little bit about how when I was a child, I thought like a child, I spoke yes. like a child, I reasoned like a child, but now that I'm a man, I need to put away childish things. Yes. I think that's kind of what's happening there. Because, hey, listen, as a kid, it was all exploration. It was all, you know, and again, not talking about the stuff that was dumped onto a kid, but as far as like, Man, going and looking at porn or masturbating, doing some of these kind of things. Some of it might have been survival. Some of it might have been exploration. Some of it might have been fun. And at that time, through the reasoning of a child, yes, it seemed like a good idea, right? Somebody said it, older brother, a cousin. Hey, I want to try this. Hey, guess what you can do? Hey, right? And I mean, we're just 
We're but trying then, to figure but then, this out. Then at 35, you realize this isn't working the way it did when I was 14. And building 20 years of this stuff sort of gets, it, it gives you a bent. Yeah. It gives you a sense of, wow. It doesn't, you know. it's, it's, um, it's not what I thought it would be. And so therefore that's when it becomes a burden. And so we've got to, we've got to. Well, and the healthier that. you get, it's like sad. Yeah. The, the, some of the things we did to ourselves and others, it's sort of sad. And that's why part of this process, I think, and this is what a lot of the guys do even at the workshop is recognize there's a grieving process. Yes. That they have to go through. They have to grieve some of their decisions. They have to grieve. The, certainly they have to grieve the things that were done to them. Yes. But they've true. also got to grieve some of the decisions that they made that they thought this was going to be the pie in the sky and everything that I And that they turned something is done to me and then I turned to do it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Let me say this last one. Some men that come to this weekend, they're fully ready to change. And man, when they leave, they are so ready. And some of the guys are like half ready. I wanted to come to a weekend and I wanted to see if I could figure out. And some of the guys are just thinking about getting ready mm-hmm. to make the change. Well, that's okay. They're all okay. Yeah. So that's where we're going to have to wrap up. And my question to you listeners, you men out there, is uh, where are you? Are, are you ready to change? Are you half ready? Are you just even thinking about possibly wanting to change? We would love to hear from you because we want to help you move forward in your journey wherever you are. We, we will embrace you wherever you're at and seek to help you right where you are. Um, and so please contact us so that we can help you along your journey. To learn more about the workshop, go to gatewaymen.com. And we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. God bless. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Mm-hmm.